All right. Today we're talking about the Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, this is going to be... This is going to be the first bad one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to stay positive, but uh, this movie's kind of a mess. So, I just got finished seeing the Mortal Kombat movie yesterday. Um, so it's still fresh in my mind and all that. And it's... It's a confusing mess. Uh, so yeah, some good parts. Um, the effects are pretty good. Characters are okay. At least the ones I can recognize. Um, the plot is all over the place. So, where to start here? I guess let's break down with what my, you know, my, um, experience with Mortal Kombat. Because it's a video game movie. So it's an adaptation of a previously established video game franchise. We've all heard Mortal Kombat because of all the controversy back in the 90s. It's a fairly well-known series with a large profile. It's had some movies before. I haven't seen those. Maybe I'll do a retro review of them eventually, but not now. Um, so the Mortal Kombat movie is adaptation of... I don't know if it's adaptation of a specific game or if it's just supposed to be of the games in general. Uh, for my part, I my only experience in the Mortal Kombat series is... <clears throat> uh, what I've heard about from things like Death Battle or other series that mention it, uh, the clips of it I've seen online, and from what I've gathered from hearing other reviewers of the games, as well as a limited amount of experience I have playing a like compilation arcade cabinet of it. So um, I used to go to this game store called Play and Trade back in Lafayette when I was in college, and they had a big arcade, some old arcade machines uh, in their store. One of them was like a Mortal Kombat Collections games cabinet, so it had like all of one, two, and three, all like that, you know, together in one place. Uh, and occasionally I'd bring some quarters down there and, you know, play the old arcade cabinet. Uh, I was terrible at it. I never beat the whole game. <laughs> I never beat it even once. Uh, but yeah, so I did played a little bit. I know the basics like Sub Zero is, a, you know, a ninja, uh, who can control ice. He has a rivalry with Scorpion. I knew that Scorpion was supposed to supposedly have been killed by Sub-Zero, and then he came back as like a, a vengeful, angry demon ghost thing with a skull head. Um, I didn't really know many other characters aside from Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage. I want to say Johnny Cage? Yeah, Johnny Cage. Um, because, you know, they're pretty famous uh, just for being you know, mortal humans of sorts in the Mortal Kombat tournaments. You also have Melina. Um, I know her because she's a deliberate subversion of female character design that I studied while researching game design. Um, and yeah, so that's about my experience in the Mortal Kombat franchise. I knew about it. I had played some of the earlier games, you know, back when there wasn't really much of a story. Uh, for those of you who don't know, which you're probably in the vast minority, but Mortal Kombat, the gimmick of the series is that Earth is one of many different realms, and there are old laws put down by the gods, like the high gods of that created everything, and that in order to, for one realm to invade another legally, they have to beat them in a tournament that can only take place every few centuries or so called Mortal Kombat, and they have to beat them ten times in a row. Um, these champions, from what I understand from the original series, were just anybody they could get a hold of, so the best fighters of that realm were called together to do battle against the best fighters in another realm, and if that realm won ten times in a row, it was over. Um, and so it's the outworld trying to involve, invade Earth, Earth realm. Uh, the Earth realm. So, 
that's basically the plot of Mortal Kombat. And from what I understand, there were also later games where they, uh, characters tried to do sneaky things like killing the combatants before the tournament started and stuff like that, trying to subvert the rules and some time travel stuff and retcons and the usual stuff when the franchise goes on long enough and they start pulling ideas out of the ether of retconville, as I like to call it. Uh, it's, it's where you get all your garden variety retcon stuff. There's a lot of time travel, false memory syndrome, this didn't actually happen, it was actually this. And the thing you thought was powering yourself was actually this, and it's now evil. It's going to take over the world. Ah, uh, Retconville. There are so many horrible movies that come from there. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, enough about the old games. Uh, the movie is about... Basically, it's a new character created specifically for the movie called Cole Young. I actually didn't know when I was watching the movie whether he was the original character or not, because, again, I don't have a lot of experience with the game. But I did look it up, and he is an original character. Uh, so the idea is that Cole Young is a descendant of Scorpion, who died centuries ago, because um, Sub-Zero, working for Outworld, killed him. Because the way they've been winning the tournaments this far is by killing Earthrealm's fighters so they don't have anyone who can actually fight against them. Uh, they've won nine of the tournaments so far, and if they win this, this new upcoming tenth one they will be able to conquer Earth. So the usual Mortal Kombat plot. The world's at stake. we got to win this tournament. Go fight some guys. Um, in the movie, though, the only the people who fight in the tournament have the dragon mark. And it's you're either born with it or you get it for killing someone who has the dragon mark. So, uh, so in the movie, Cole Young has been born with this mark and all of a sudden... Uh, he gets attacked by Sub-Zero because they're trying to kill him before he can, you know, master his hidden power. Because the, the mark apparently gives every player a unique power. So, and when I say unique power, I don't just mean, like, fire, ice, or magic, whatever. I mean, it could be a teleporting psychic control over a hat. It could be robot arms. It could be laser fists. It's literally anything. Sci-fi, fantasy, doesn't matter. Which is kind of cool. I do have to admit, I do, I'm not sure I like... That gives them unique powers, but I like that they really stuck to the whole, yeah, these powers are just whatever the heck we need them to. We're just trying to give everyone a unique uh, source to draw from. But everyone's powers are just going to be crazy BS. Uh, the powers are a lot of fun. I think some of the characters have some nice interactions. And all in all, not the worst. So they manage to, uh, he gets attacked, he gets rescued by this guy Jax, who eventually gets robot arms. Uh, they meet up with Sonya Blade, who doesn't have the mark. Unlike Jax, uh, they got it from killing a superhuman in, like, a terrorist thing. She, they're both military, so they encountered all this stuff before. They've been researching, and they just found out about Cole. Uh, they also captured a uh, criminal who got the mark after he killed someone who had it that they've been tracking. And they bring that, and so Jack stays behind to rescue Cole, so he meets up with Sonya. Uh, and Sonya Blade and the criminal called Kano, uh, I think he was in the games, they all meet up and they go to Raiden's temple, who temple apparently rate a whole apparently uh, Kano had been doing some smuggling there while Sonya had been looking for this place for years with all the military technology in the world with this random smuggler just you know happens to know the location of the ancient temple they need to go to, because of course. Like I said, the plot here is a mess. Ugh. It, it is a mess. I'll get to the good stuff, because there is good things in this movie, but the plot is just it's gonna take me a little while because the plot is just a little much. So they get there and they find these two other people, Luke Kang and oh, there's the guy with the hat. What was his name? What was his name? Um 
Yeah, Kung Lao. Kung Lao, I think. Yes, it was Kung Lao. And so, uh, Liu Kang can, can use fire manipulation, and Kung Lao can control this psychic hat and even teleport to it, I think. Um, and they're training under the god Raiden. So each realm has its own god that was put there by the Elder Gods. And they have a lot of rules and the restrictions of what they can and can't do. Raiden's Earth's god, and he's supposed to gather his forces so, you know, they can participate in the tournament. But Outworld doesn't want to actually fight the tournament. They just want to kill off all the fighters so they don't have to worry about it. Even though they know they're the strongest because they've won all these other tournaments, they don't want to risk it. Now that they're so close, because you have to win 10 in a row. So if they lost this one, they'd have to try it all over again, which would take millennia or something like that. Something really dumb like that. So, basically the entire movie becomes a small training arc with Raiden putting a force seal bubble. Uh, Kano betrays them after an offer from one of his old associates who's currently working with Outworld, because apparently Outworld's been stealing a lot of humans to use as uh, their fighters, but I thought they already had all the good fighters, but you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter. The movie doesn't think too hard about this, so why should we? Uh, and then, you know, they get attacked. Kung Lao gets killed. Uh, his soul gets sucked out by a sorcerer, I think. And, yeah, they're forced into the retreat. And then afterwards, they manage to, you know, regroup, come back together. The new character gets this cool, unlocks his power, which is like a golden armor and some tantos. Uh, beats one of their major fighters, a giant four-armed demon-looking guy, whose name I forget. And, yeah, they regroup and eventually beat the bad guys. Uh, so, technically, there is never, they never actually participate in the Mortal Kombat tournament. Like, I thought after, like, the second arc, when they all regrouped, they were going to get back together with Raiden and, and declare the tournament started, and they would, you know, have the tournament as the third arc. But no, they just, like, had a final fight with the showdown, and they just, like, oh, I guess the tournament's postponed. And now they're going out to look for their other fighters because apparently they're so determined to get a sequel out of this. I don't, I don't think they're going to get a sequel out of this. Maybe they will. If it makes all the money, it doesn't matter if it's bad. It'll probably get a sequel anyway. All right. So now that we've gone over the mess of a plot, let's get to the thing that everybody came here for. Are the, is the movie a fun representation of the games? And yeah, I'd have to say it is. I mean, Mortal Kombat's never had the most complex plot from what I've understood. I mean, I've played the arcade games. It's literally win this tournament. The game. Like, that that's the plot. That's all you're getting, unless you read, like, a bunch of other stuff at the end. Uh, it's not much. So, yeah, it's a bit understandable. Uh, there is this really jarring part, though, which is huge spoilers. So, at the beginning of the movie, we have, like, a flashback to, like, the Edo period of Japan when Sub-Zero kills Scorpion. Uh, he swears vengeance and is sucked into hell. And we have this random offline by Ryan says, Yes, this is the blade of your ancestor. And he is now trapped in this hell dimension. And maybe we will return to you if you put your blood on this blade. Yeah, keep it with you, by the way. Bye. And I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. What is that all we're just going to do? Like, do we ever establish, really, aside from that one line that, subs that Scorpion was, like, looking for them? I mean, there are a few minor flashes, but it's not really, like shown? It's a little weird, is what I'm saying. Like, it's very jarring. And so, in the final fight against Sub-Zero, who's, like, the big bad, aside from, like, the sorcerer guy who's manipulating everything in the background, but he doesn't really get killed. Um, so, he gets his blood, and Scorpion comes and, you know, avenges his family and all that, and saves his descendant. And I'm like, okay, it's just a little jarring. He's like, yes, thank you. Now that I've killed him, I'm free. And I'm like, wait, wait, I thought you were, like, bound to hell and you just wanted to drag him down there with you. I didn't, when was it declared that when you, like, kill him, you get to be free of hell or something? Like, it's really jarring and there's just no thought put into it at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, the, a lot of the rest of this movie, I guess. Uh, the only, 
the character interactions though are fun. Jax is pretty cool. Uh, he, him and Sonya are probably the best parts of the whole movie, to be honest. Kung Lao is fun, and um, Liu Kang is awesome. He has the he's the one with the firepowers. Uh, they both have a really interesting dynamic because they're like you know children who've been raised in this secret monk society to uh, train up warriors for the mortal combat they know is coming and that kind of thing. Also, one of the things I like about the monks is they're not, like, technologically backwards. Like, they live in this, like, old cave temple, but when Jax uh, needs help with his arms, because he fought Sub-Zero, and Sub-Zero thought he killed him, but he really just froze his arms, broke him, and threw him down a building, a hole in a building. So, you know, should have killed him, but they managed to save him and brought him back to the temple. And uh, instead of, like, bringing out, like, you know, old shaman stuff, they're like, no, wait, wait, wait. Those are robotics tools. It's like, yeah, we, uh, we've been working, we, yeah, we keep up with the outside world, you know. We know prosthetic limbs are on the rise. It's like, oh, so you're giving him prosthetic limbs, cool. Uh, so eventually his power activates someone, like, upgrades them into, like, full-on robot limbs. But first they're, like, really bony skeleton ones. I have to admit, uh, Kano was just annoying, like, the entire movie. And he portrays them basically just out of nowhere with, like, the vague promise of pay. I'm like, fine, he's a mercenary, but he's just not likable or fun or interesting, really. Uh, although it is very cathartic when Sonya freaking murders him, because she's been wanting to murder him this entire movie. When she finally gets to do it, it's like, finally, good on you, Sonya, taking that SOB out. Uh, good on you. So, yeah, that's cathartic. Uh, the fights are really cool. Most of them are pretty inventive. The choreography's good. The effects are fantastic. Whatever faults I have with the plot of this movie, the effects are just gorgeous. And they do not hold back on the gore. Like, Liu Kang even has this whole thing where he, like, buzzsaws their, like, empress fighter, like, the dragon wing lady. I don't think she was in any of the games. I might be mistaken. But uh, she actually, like, buzzsaws her head in chat. And you can, like, see her brains and everything. It's like, okay, yeah, you're going for Mortal Kombat. This is Mortal Kombat. They gave it an R rating. We're like, hey, go all in on the gore. Uh, and they also have these uh, really funny moments where just out of nowhere, near the end or beginning of a fight, they'll be like, fight start. Or, or or one of the characters, like, when Luke Kang will be like, Luke Kang wins. Fatality. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get that. I get that reference. It's to this game. And, you know, it's fun. Uh, it's not the deepest movie out there, and honestly, I probably won't ever think about or watch it again, unless we get a sequel. Please do not give us a sequel. Like, I would like to see Johnny Cage, because I think Johnny Cage would actually fit in really good in this universe. Uh, I know about Johnny Cage. He's basically in the uh, games, from what I understand, he's supposed to be, like, a retired actor who took up fighting and eventually got into this Mortal Kombat with, like, gods and stuff. And so he's just this wise-acting smartass of a, a Hollywood actor in the middle of this combat for the, you know, fate of this entire world with, you know, military, ex-military guys and super ninjas and stuff. And it's just, like, this really tonal, like, funny tonal dissonance. Uh, the main, the main heart of the story seems to be about Cole Young, Scorpio's descendant, who's just not that interesting, to be honest. Uh, he's fairly generic. Uh, trying to, you know, prove that he can get back in the fight, and eventually, because he's like a retired fighter who apparently won some championship years back or something, they really aren't clear on that. And I just didn't find him that interesting or compelling. He's just not. Sonya would have been a way better protagonist for this. Like, her and Jax encountering the superhuman and eventually going on this quest to find the answers. Uh, and then her having to deal with the fact that she's been responsible for leading this whole mission, but she doesn't have the dragon mark. And she's, you know, restraining herself from killing this criminal because she thinks, I wasn't chosen for this, yada, yada, yada. And eventually proving herself worthy of joining them. 
her arc was actually really interesting. And if it weren't for all the annoying stuff around it, like Kano or this random self-insert character with Cole Young, you know, this random OC they just created just for the movie, which I'm not a big fan of when movies do that. I'm like, you're adapting the source field. It has all these characters. Why do you feel the need to create your own character unless you think that the characters in the, in this material are not worth adapting and need propping up by your own character? And he really feels like a like a fan fiction character. It's like, yeah, he's Scorpio's descendant. He's just cool, if not better. And I'm like, okay, come on, whatever. I'm just, it's just boring. Sonya was a lot of fun, though. I actually, if they cut Cole Young as the main character and just had like Sonya and Jax as the main characters along with Liu Kang, I think I could really get into this movie. It's not going to be good, even if you did that. There are a lot of other structural problems with it. But I think that if you did cut out Cole Young and the Scorpio subplot, because it feels like they had him in here literally just because they had to have Scorpio in here, because he's like one of the title characters along with Sub-Zero. You know, there's the two ninjas. Get over here. Is, you know, it's, it's one of those lines. Uh, but I feel like if they had tried not to do that, and if they had decided to just focus on Sonya and Jax and they're, you know, trying to figure out what this tournament save the world, I think it would have been way better. So, yeah, that's my opinions on the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, I know this review is a little more down than my usual reviews, but that's usually because I'm reviewing so, uh, so far I've mostly reviewed other things I'm just really passionate about talking about. And this movie did kind of disappoint me because the trailers looked pretty good, and I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe we'll get another good video game movie. I'm like, no, no, it's still just Detective Pikachu. Still just Detective Pikachu. That's it. That's all we got. And the Resident Evil movies, you're looking for a really bad but fun watch. But this is just kind of boring in places. Uh, look at the fight scenes on YouTube. They're cool. Everything else, meh. Hope that they put Sonya as the main character in the next movie. That'll be way better. So, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next time on Thursday, I mean, on Friday, we're going to be reviewing Subnautica. So, it's an underwater survival crafting video game. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The reason I'm reviewing it now is because I've been playing through it, and I'm almost done with my playthrough. I'm, like, on the last little bit of it, trying to escape the planet. And... Uh, the new version is going to come out on May 14th, and so I was going to see about having a fresh video game review instead of all those, you know, old video games to review. You know, I can review something new and fun. Sounds interesting. So, yeah. See you then. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library two. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.